Small Business Tip Show, Episode 2. Welcome to the Small Business Tip Show. This is your host, Frank Thomas. I'm glad to be here once again with you. I have a wonderful guest with me here today, and her name is Nancy Bover. She's a marketing specialist, and you're going to be gleaning lots of great marketing facts from her. So stay tuned. So, Nancy, welcome to the show. Hey, Frank. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We, yeah, we've known each other for a long time now, just to kind of give you listeners a bit of an idea. I've known Nancy for about four years now. She is the um, the CEO of a company called the Gappy Marketing, where she specializes in helping small to medium-sized businesses market themselves properly. And we're actually going to touch that subject today because she encounters the problem all the time of these businesses just don't know how to spend their dollars. They know they have to market. They know that they've got to get their word out. They've got to, they've got to get in front of the customer somehow. And um, they find that they're stuck all the time. Don't you find that, Nance? I do find that, Frank. Uh, what we have to understand is that there's a lot of people out there who are very, very good at what they do. Um, but, you know, a chiropractor, for instance, is excellent at being a chiropractor, but that's his business. He's not a marketer. And unfortunately, a lot of times these people will try to do it all themselves and and haphazardly go about marketing from what their neighbor said or what somebody else did. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't always work. They, they don't understand the thought processes and the follow through. And um, in many cases, they end up wasting their marketing dollars because of that. I, it's best to leave certain areas to the people who are best in those areas. I wouldn't try to give myself a chiropractic adjustment. So I guess it's best if they maybe look at hiring a marketer. Absolutely. That's well said because of the fact that even I'm guilty of that. I know lots about marketing and there's times that you've stepped in and said, Hey Frank, you know, get your, you know, let me give you a crack on the head because you're just, you're going up the wrong tree here. And uh, it's been very helpful for me. Well, I appreciate those comments and, and, you know, just to, speak a little bit more about that item there's uh, marketing kind of has a bit of a bad reputation out there a lot of mm. a lot of businesses see it as a necessary evil they hate spending money on marketing because they think they're throwing money away they they don't see the positive results they don't see the end results but many many times that's simply because they haven't executed they haven't put a plan together first of all and then they haven't executed it in the proper steps or they didn't know what they were doing, or or whatever. So, so hopefully, with some of these uh, hints and tips that we can give on your show today, hopefully, it will help help people see a little bit. Absolutely. I, actually, to kind of give um, again the listeners a bit of a heads up, one thing I forgot to mention right up front was the fact that Nancy's actually written a book that you can find on Amazon and you can download it as a Kindle. It's uh, very inexpensive right now. Uh, whether you're a Canadian or American, you're going to pay less than five bucks. That's a good value. Um, it's called Creating a Solid Marketing Plan for Your Business, and she goes through seven of the crucial steps that she's discovered at implementing a successful, well, creating and implementing a successful marketing plan. We're actually going to be taking a look at step four because Nancy and I were talking back and forth, and uh, we discovered that, you know, step in step four, which is chapter four within the book, is uh, one place where a lot of businesses really mess up, and it already is the topic we've been talking about, 
It's to look at how you would want to, you know, reevaluate your business model to make sure that you've identified and you're marketing to the right client. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, what happens a lot of times is, is if it's not people's in, in people's wheelhouse, so to speak, about doing the marketing and they're following the lead of somebody else, a lot of times they don't even know to identify their their target market. They haven't taken the time to actually sit down and take a look at who they want to target, who is their ideal client, and how is mm. it best to approach them. Absolutely, absolutely. The, um, the uh, big thing that I've noticed a lot of times is, and I can say this for myself, and I, you know, if you hear this within your own business, that's great, is the fact that I'm the worst person to evaluate my own marketing needs because I'm looking from the inside out and I need to look from the outside in. And I find that there's times that I get really stuck in the mud because I just, I, I can't see how to put it together. Well, and there's there's a lot of a lot of people are guilty of that. You know, I I can say even as a marketer that I've been guilty of that. You know, I I, I was taking a course with Mount Royal back a few years ago, several years ago actually now, and my instructor at that time, she she made a comment that I really kind of took to heart, and I will always remember it. And she said sometimes you just have to murder, <clears throat> excuse me, murder your darlings, mm. and what she meant by that is is you come up with this idea or this this little thing that you want to do and and you think it's the most brilliant thing in the whole world and you try to build a whole campaign around it. But the unfortunate thing is that no matter how you try to make it fit, sometimes it just doesn't fit. Gotcha. So sometimes you just have to murder that darling and, and you have to move on. And and you know, one of the things that, that my company offers as well, Frank, is a is a, a marketing audit, which is basically a marketing checkup for for small businesses. And again, people tend to get very sensitive about things that they think are brilliant ideas. So I would encourage everybody if they if they have a marketing audit or have somebody come in from outside and take a look at what it is that they're doing, don't take the criticism in a negative fashion. It's meant to help you enhance your business and stop going down that wrong road and improve your business, improve your marketing. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's really good wisdom in that, you know, there's times that, uh, I actually like that phrase too, I know you've mentioned this to me in the past, murdering your darlings. It's so easy, you know. I know I'm actually working on a uh, personal project. It's a uh, companion business to my own, and um, I'm trying to develop the, um, the sales funnel to it, and... I'm getting really stuck. And, you know, if it was somebody that I wasn't, you know, if it was a business that I wasn't directly involved in, I can look very objectively at the business and I can give, you know, really objective criticism, good and bad, and direct that person down the right path. And, you know, we've seen some of the uh, the results for some of our clients that, uh, like my own clients that, that I would work with on the marketing side of things, and it it goes from you know being a loser to being an absolute winner, and it was just a few small changes. Yeah, exactly. That it just exemplifies again, you know, what we were discussing here earlier that that sometimes you do have to have that objective third person just to come in and take a look, who's not attached to anything, who can take a look and say, you know what, uh, I know that you really like that picture there on your website, but it really doesn't speak to your brand, so it's taking away from things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Now, one of the things that you hit upon in this chapter of your book is you talk about drawing it out. You talk yes. about mapping out your campaign. How, if you brought a prospective customer to the table and you started to, I'm sure this is exactly what you do with them. You'd kind of just draw out, maybe, do you draw out where they're at and where you'd like to take them or do you brainstorm or how do you do that process? Yeah, that's exactly what I do, Frank. First of all, I, I start and I speak with people about the different marketing initiatives that they have tried in the past. Um, and I, I make note of their successes as well as their failures, just so that we can see, you know, sometimes those failures, you can bring them back alive kind of thing, mm-hmm. just implementing different tactics, different strategies. But absolutely, you sit down and you talk about, first of all, have they identified their perfect client? Do they know who they're trying to target? Because Marketing for a business, it, it tends to be kind of put all in one basket. And really what marketing for your business is, is a series of several different marketing campaigns. First of all, you have to, you have, to have your brand identity. You have to have, you know, that includes things like your, your website and your brochures and your business cards and all those, all those things that we use um, to, to get people to look at our business. But then beyond that, it's about how you reach out and get those clients. So what you have to do is you have to take a look at your marketing plan as a series of small marketing campaigns. And with each of those, you have to identify who your ideal client is, what are their demographics, what do they do. If, if you have a younger audience, uh, clearly social media is going to be uh, a, big, a big part of that. If, if your average client is 60 to 80, you know, there's a lot of people 60 to 80 that are getting involved online now. But for the most part, that's not going to be as successful a campaign. So you have to make sure that you know who your audience is and how you're going to target them. Then what you also have to do is you have to make sure that you have your products and your services and your pricing and all those kinds of things. Make sure that everything is working together, that you haven't outpriced yourself out of the market, that that if your client is... Uh, somebody who is uh, middle income, that you're not trying to sell them a Rolls Royce. Mm -hmm. And then what you also have to do is you have to look at the, uh, again, the previous marketing efforts, find out what worked, find out what didn't work, and see if any of those can be tweaked or if they should just be put in the dustbin and move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kill that darling. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, let me ask you a kind of a side question here. You kind of touched it a little bit in an example when you were saying that you're marketing to an older demographic. Now, I know that you've recently done a campaign for a company, and it was not an online campaign. You know, we all think that uh, we have to chase over the, the shiniest, you know, gems, and the shiny gem right now is online. But, you know, you've successfully had something that was an offline. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm, I'm old enough and been around the block long enough that I've been marketing since before the Internet was was even really out there. That was before so, dinosaurs too, wasn't it? Well, it, it was, and I used to eat a lot of uh, grasses and things from the Stegosaurus. But uh, There you go. <laughs> but there, there are a lot of, of good, valid reasons why some of the old school marketing still works. Mm. Um, I, I don't think that we live exclusively in a digital world. It certainly has had many, many positive benefits on society, and like the double-edged sword has had some negative benefits, but for the most part, it has helped deliver a lot of information in a very, very great way to the public. But in order to reach clients, sometimes you have to marry the old and the new. 
the the client that I was dealing with have a website that is functional right now. It's not the ideal website. I've done a few tweaks to it and cleaned it up a little bit and things like that. They do want to develop a new website. But the main thing was they're in a, a reasonably competitive market in the oil industry. And they were looking to get more people to even know that they exist. So we did an old school ad mail campaign. The intention is to do a series of six mailers, one a month, to a targeted list. They've identified who their target market is. And we we sent out a little over 1,200 pieces. Mm-hmm. And in it, the first piece went out, believe it or not, like the 15th of December, just before Christmas, which is obviously not the ideal time to try to get eyeballs on something coming in the mail. But nonetheless, it, it did go out. And since that um, little mailer went out, by the end of January, the looks on their website had increased by almost 500%. Hmm. That was just with one mailing. Hmm. That's incredible. They've also uh, sold one piece of equipment based on that. So it's all a good thing. Yeah, and and just to kind of give a uh, a bit of a um, an idea that one sale paid for the whole marketing campaign, and then some. Yes, yeah, and then some. That's what and that's what you want. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at my notes here. I've been feverishly writing notes as we've been talking here. Now, when you're building a campaign, this is something that I know I encounter, and you know you were talking about these little mini campaigns and let's say I have adopted a particular product line that I really want to market and I'm marketing that, you know, how can I tell when I'm trying to, trying to get a, you know, a dead horse to run or when I've just not given it enough time? Cause I know that in conversations we've had in the past that, uh, there's a lot of times when, you know, the customer or the person becomes impatient with a marketing plan just before it pays off. How, how can we identify when it's been too long or not long enough? Well, you know, to, to go along with the murder your darling analogy, sometimes it's just it just is something that's not ever going to take off. But a lot of times it's just about timing, which goes back to mapping everything out, drawing it out. Uh, if you have an item, well, I guess maybe one of the best examples I can give is, is a book that is an example that's in my book. And this this woman had a gift store and she was wanting to uh, market um, uh, a, a particular book. And it really fit in well with a Mother's Day campaign. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes the, you have to time the, the product launch as well and, and get it when the iron's hot, for instance. I mean, you don't want to sell a Christmas tree in July. So so sometimes you have to stop and you have to reflect back to mapping it out, making a plan, identifying what your product is. Is it is it appropriate for the market that you're trying to target? Is the timing correct? What is the pricing like? Mm-hmm. Can you deliver it enough? And I guess the thing to do is that's why it's so important as well to, to continually measure and monitor your campaign so that you do know if it's paying off. You do know if... You know, in this in this instance with my my recent client, are you still getting two hundred unique visitors to your website a month? Or oh, look at that! Um, you know, you had a hundred visitors this one day alone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so if you if you monitor, you can see if there if there are successes. 
It's oh, it's it, it's literally almost. I, you know what's coming to my mind is that old saying that if you fail to plan, that you're then you're really planning to fail. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can see that because what would happen is, you know, you would put your matrix like your your what you expect, um, in place before you even you know spend a dollar, so to speak. Like if you believe that you're going to do a mark mail presentation, that you will want to see a certain amount of return on that. Uh, within a certain period of time, and then you just have to be patient to follow your pl- while you're following your plan. Well, there are a reason for statistics, and and we all know that statistics can tell whatever story a lot of people want them to tell. But there are some very valid statistics out there in the marketplace too. And typically, the success of an ad mail campaign, anything like that, is going to take between five and seven touches mm-hmm. to get a new client. And and so you have to persist. You have to understand that after you've tried two or three times, if you haven't got a response, it doesn't mean that you write that person off or that it's been a, a failure. You have to kind of keep going. Now, why, and, why do you have to touch the client so many times? There's so much noise out there. There's so many people vying for people's attention. Um, and, and they're busy in their own lives. They're busy in their personal lives. They're busy trying to move their own businesses forward. Um, you know, they have their own day-to-day things. So it's it's like repetition and it gets kind of Im- embedded in the brain. It's more of a psychological thing than anything else. Hmm. And it's just like I'm sure that you've experienced many times doing SEO. You know, clients think that if they engage in an, in an SEO campaign that, you know, within a month they're suddenly going to be number one on Google. Mm-hmm. No, and that's not the truth. It uh it takes time because, you again, I know SEO, if anybody doesn't know what that is, is search engine optimization. It's a practice of marketing ethically online. You know, a lot of people do it unethically, and people market offline unethically as well. But it's an ethical way of marketing online. And um, doing it ethically takes time, and you're absolutely correct about that. Yeah, so I guess the biggest thing is is people have to stop and think about how busy they are in their lives and they have to understand that everything does take time. Mm. And and if you're not if you're not remembering something right off the top of your head, unless it's something like, you know, the dancing baby thing from what the 90s that really catches your imagination, catches your eye, it, odds are it is going to take all of those all of those touches before something is going to stick. Yeah, gotcha. I hear you. Now, um, let's uh, just take a look here. I was actually reading a bit of the chapter four, and there's something I'd like to touch into just a little bit here, if that's okay. Sure. Um, one thing that you talk about is, um, you know, identifying which product, if you're starting a marketing campaign, which product that uh, you should market. Now, what do you look at when you're looking at a uh, prospective customer and they've come to you and they said, you know, Nance, we want to get you involved, um, but we really don't know where we should start. We've got these six great products. We love them all. How do you identify who the first darling, so to speak, should be? Well, that's an easy and a difficult thing at the same time, which is a little bit odd to say, but it it is. The, The thing that you have to do is identify what what keeps your business running, what keeps your business afloat. Um maybe you have an item that you want to sell down the road here but what is it that is your bread and butter is it a product is it a service so what you have to do is you have to enhance what's already keeping the doors open mm-hmm. and then and then integrate and introduce 
other products as you move along. Mm. Do you normally find that most businesses have a darling, so to speak, that's really kind of paying the bills right up front? I do. I do. Most most people um, who are engaging in any kind of of outsourced marketing obviously do have, you know, a little bit of a marketing budget, which generally means that they're making a bit of a profit. And, and so that means that they're bringing something into their business. Um, if I can go back to a, a, a recent client of mine, um, they have products to sell, but you know, it's the same, the same company with the, with the website. Um, they have products to sell, but nobody knew they were there. So, you know, that old adage, if the tree falls in the forest and nobody's there, does it make a sound? So mm-hmm. they could have all the product in the world to sell, but if nobody knew they were there, it didn't do them any good, which was why our first step was to get eyeballs, get yeah. people, get people to know that they exist. Once they know that they exist, then they can start to come back. Then they can start to push their products. Yeah, exactly. How many people beat their heads against a wall wondering why the business is not taking off when nobody knows about them? That's right. That's I'm right. guilty of that one too. <laughs> well, and, and and marketing a business is just like marketing yourself, right? Think about who you like to do business with. Everybody, you know, we talk about sales, we talk about marketing, but at the end of the day, everything is about relationships. People want to work with somebody that they feel that they know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just a, a virtual relationship on online on the phone you know you don't have to have your client in front of you all the time but you have to feel like you connect at some level with that human being (laughs) and and a lot of that has to do with again deciding what it is that you're going to move forward with your potential clients need to have confidence in the ethics of your business (laughs) and the ethics of you as a human being before they're going to give you dollars yeah, and and that's so true. You know, I I can tell from my talk from my own experience, and that my business really didn't start taking off until I started um, opening myself up to people on the web. I was uh, working with a particular product, and uh, I was struggling with the product too. It was a new kind of mindset, new kind of way to use it, but it was an interesting product, and I started to use it. And I decided to put up tutorials on how to use it you know, at the very least that I could remember how to do something after I learned how to do it because I have this bad habit of, you know, go marching forward, figuring out how to do something and then come back to it six months later and I have to relearn the same topic. So this was a, you know, a quick bunny trail for me to be able to go back and go, oh, that's how I did it. Great. I'm so smart. <laughs> Anyhow, but um, what happened was I was cutting these videos and putting them just onto YouTube. I wasn't really thinking much about it. I wasn't thinking about quality or anything. And before long, I started getting phone calls. And these videos actually started to harbor a relationship with prospective customers that all of a sudden wanted to talk to me because they felt that I knew what I was talking about. And it was funny. I remember one person phoned me up from the States and they were so excited. Had they had the, I got to put the accent on because it really fits. He had this Louisiana <laughs> accent. He had this long drawl. He said, and he, he, he dials me up. He gets my number. He finds my number on the internet. And, um, he answers the phone. I, I answer the phone. Hey, Frank Thomas here. How can I help you? And he goes, it's you. It's you. I finally found <laughs> you. I, I, I looked all over. I finally got your number in. And he was talking to me like he had known me for years. And I didn't know him at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and that's when I had a light bulb come on that, hey, you know, even though 
I can't talk to everybody if I find a way to market effectively. And sometimes that's just, you know, I was just, I was, I, I don't, I don't know a better way to call it other than giving marketing. I was marketing without knowing. I was just giving stuff away. Uh, and it was building, you know, relationships, that trust that I needed. And in, in truth, it's actually probably those videos that I spent maybe four or five hours on probably over the course of a year or so has generated probably in the last three years. Oh, I could safely say at least half a million dollars in revenue. So, you know, was it successful? <laughs> you know, I didn't plan. I didn't do anything. I just stuck some videos up. So I kind of made myself vulnerable to people on the web. You know, hey, I got hate mail from them too, but I also got lots of customers. And uh, I think you're right, you know, in, the, in that uh, it's marketing really is uh, that relationship developing. And I think, you know, prospective small business owners need to look at it that way too. Instead of it being a curse, it's like, Oh, I hate, I, you know, I hate working with marketers because uh, they, all they do is spend money. And on. other than that, you don't look at it that way. You have to look at it like, you know, this person is going to help me build relationships with the people that I actually want to partner with. Well, and in defense of, of people who have, who have a bit of a bad taste in their mouth about marketing, in some cases it is legitimate because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are promising this the sun and the moon and the earth and the stars and everything else if you just give me this money now and they get the money and they do some slapdash job and they don't do the follow-through so i mean there are back to the ethical and unethical there like in everything in life there are some people who are doing unethical practices so so that doesn't mean that you don't go out there and and find somebody that you can work with it just means again plan plan Find out what it is that you're looking for in somebody who can help you with your marketing and and walk before you run with them. Just mm-hmm. and ask them, you know, what's the worst case scenario? Find out what they can expect and and if it feels like what's the worst thing here. Mm. But you know, when you talk about your your little videos there, I have to kind of laugh because I have that same issue when I'm doing different pieces of software or whatever. I find that uh if I haven't touched it for a while, I'm forgetting too. So I'm thinking that would be a good thing for me to do is make my own little <laughs> videos. But, but uh, you know, that that's something that I've got on on my company's YouTube YouTube channel. We've got um, some different things about YouTube marketing, mm-hmm. uh, a series of different steps, and why it's so valuable. I've I've worked with a lot of companies that say, oh, you know, our our company isn't sexy enough. We don't really have anything to put out there. Well, we're not trying to go viral. We're not trying to do anything. As you pointed out, it's about getting out there, being seen, providing basically public service with a little bit of stuff. If people feel like they get to know you, if they see a little bit, they don't need to have, you know, just do a little video of of your lobby and introduce the people so that people on the internet can feel that they know you a little bit. Yeah, getting beyond the brick and mortar and seeing the people behind the business, so to speak. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Just, just put up a... It, and again, not a big long production. Put up something that's you know maybe two or three minutes long max. People's attention spans are short. More and more people are seeing things on on mobile devices. So you know you don't have to do a fifteen minute production telling them everything about your family and your dog and everything. Just little introductory videos. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Nance, thank you very much. I I, I just we got to kind of wrap up here in a few seconds, but I do want to. Uh, give everybody a chance to find you on the web. If you can tell us your 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 your, um, your web address, 
Absolutely is. www.agapimarketing.com and agapi is spelled A-G-A-P-I. Excellent. And uh, be sure also to check out on Amazon, uh, the uh, Nancy's got her first book that she's written as a Kindle book called Create a Solid Marketing Plan for Your Business, The Seven Crucial Steps to Creating and Implementing a Successful Marketing Plan. It's uh, I, I purchased it. I read it. It was really good. Uh, it's a good start. It's a really good start. And if you know uh, Nancy does do marketing audits or marketing checkups, as she likes to call them, to help businesses, you know, step into the right directions. Nancy, have you got any last words of wisdom for us? Um, I guess my last words of wisdom would be to stop running, stop, breathe, take a look, slow yourself down, and think things through. And and when appropriate which is, I think most times, bring in somebody from the outside, even if it's just to take a look at what you're planning to do. Excellent, excellent. Well, Nancy, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me, Frank. It's been fun. Excellent. Now, be sure to stay tuned. Uh, The next episode, which is coming out shortly, is going to be talking about focus. So be sure to get yourself ready. It's going to be one that's going to really help your business out. Once again, thank you, Nancy, for joining us. And... I look forward to talking to you next time on the Small Business Tip Show. This is Frank Thomas, your host. Have a good day.